whisper into my ears, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) This is an ASMR podcast now. Yep. (laughs) You do do have a sexy voice, Dave, I'm going to say. It's great. (laughs) I have a sexy everything. Welcome to GCP Life, episode number 37 for the 7th of April, 2023. GCP Life is sponsored by Kazna. At Kazna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. And I'm your host, Stephen Bancroft. On today's show, more layoffs in the Aussie IT sector. You thought the Optus and Medibank hacks were big? Wait to hear about Latitude. And are we doomed? The AIs are teaching themselves now. We bring you up to date on all the latest with the AI wars. But before we get to any of that, I want to introduce the co-host of the show, Dave Wall. How are you going, Dave? Uh, we, I've been replaced with Dave GPT now, and um, <laughs> you know, look forward to embracing our robot podcasting overlords. <laughs> and a special guest from our internal security domain to discuss all things security, it's Rick Elsom. How are you going, Rick? Hey Dave, hey, hey Steve. Yeah, it's been a massive week in security. I can tell you right now. And even someone has. who's in the domain, I can't even keep up. Right can't now. keep up with it. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. All right. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Look, uh, it's been a busy, busy week. I tell you what, what. What have you guys been up to? I mean, tech adventures and bits and pieces. All right. Well, so you know, we touched on last. So I went and did a bit of field research. Right. So last podcast, I mentioned about an AI-generated beer. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was okay. <laughs> oh okay, you got AI the AI, AI generated. I wouldn't beer. have the AI generated beer. I wouldn't have it on the tap. I was oh, like, this is fine. So what was yeah. the problem? Was it too many hops? Uh, Not enough hops. Uh, uh, I really, I like right. a, a very, uh, very flowery ale for myself. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah. it was fine. You know, maybe <laughs> we need to wait for um, you know, GPT five to see if it'll pass the the beer touring test for me. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got access to Bard. Ah. A little, little bit sneaky the way I got access to it. You know, old mm-hmm. VPN there and got access to it. Eee, I don't know. We'll talk about it a bit later in AI Wars, but um, yeah, don't worry. You're not missing out on anything. Uh, yep, <laughs> that's, yep. that's my opinion of it at the moment. What about yourself, Rick? Um, so, yeah, I think the last time I spoke to you guys, I was talking about um, needing to do a security audit at my home network. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and you guys thought I might have been joking, but I wasn't. Pen testing your um, own. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did all of that. And um, yeah. and recently, because I've been using my like my home PC and stuff for work stuff mm-hmm. and that, I thought it was mm-hmm. time time to sandbox um, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff. And uh, you guys actually inspired me. So what I've done is I've set up um, VMware um, mm-hmm. and wow. I've got VMware VMware Workstation and, and absolutely loving it because I can set up different sort of scenarios network-wise. I can set up multiple VMs. I can keep my work stuff separate um, and also, yeah, set up a bit of like a um, pen test sort of, sort of setup and everything as well. Um, so it's definitely good practice and having mm, that level yeah. of compartmentalization, uh, especially if you are mixing the two. I mean, we mm. touched on, I can't, was, it, was it last fortnight mm. or the one before where we talked about the LastPass hack and that was just a DevOps engineer on his home yeah. machine yeah. Mm-hmm. where Plex got breached, right? Yep, yeah, correct. Yep, yep. yep. 
Yep. So yeah, that, these are the sort of things I've been concerned about, like because of recent stuff. And um, yeah, so I thought that's it. Time to isolate everything and protect my network. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Even if you're not massively concerned about, like, oh, you know who, you know who's going to steal something of mine. I'm not like a big target. But how how much would it suck to have like that phone call where like, oh, your PC was breached and you took the company down? Like, hundred oh, percent. Yeah. That- <laughs> Yeah, I definitely don't want that phone call, and I definitely no. don't want to make make national news either. No, you want to be no. the guy. <laughs> no. um, yeah, on top of that. So the other thing is to oh, because I'm using my home PC, like basically my old, my gaming PC. Um, I don't really have time for games anymore. So I am in the market for um, like a rack mounted sort of like Dell sort of server that can handle mm. ESXi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't told the partner yet because I don't think she realizes how, how to wait for the power bill. Well, yeah, there's the power bill, plus they're, plus they're quite noisy. Yeah, so, well, so you don't need to go for a full like 1RU pizza box, right? You don't actually mm-hmm. really need that. You can do it like I, I know a load of people who do them just on like NUX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's they, right. you only need to have small things. Um, Okay. And if you the, the the pro hack is so with the one RU servers they typically have high RPM fans because they've got a smaller space to push they've got to push the same amount of air through and they tend to be really noisy they're like little mini jets yeah yep. um so if you go for like three RU sort of the bigger form factor ones they'll be much quieter I, th- I think you can, you can get modded fans and modded firmware as well for some of the older boxes yeah. that'll another them one. Down. Uh, if you go down the road of like buying like XDC gear, um, mm. almost all of them will be, uh, they'll have their power settings set to high performance because they're in a DC. They don't particularly care about their power costs. It's usually like included in the racks. Um, usually you don't need that, right? You don't need no. a dual socket system pulling 600 watts all the time. Um, so like uh, I've, did one at my father's place and um, ended up dropping it down to about 60 watts by lowering it down mm. to the very lowest performance setting because it only yeah. kind of just needed to be kicking, keeping the lights on. It didn't need to be yeah. actually churning. That's right. Yeah. I guess I guess the main requirements for me was making sure that it's compatible with the ESXi, which I think is that sort of CPU requirements. Yeah, you really can. Um, like, you can do nested virtualization yeah. within VMware Workstation. You can just build ESX hosts in there and, yeah, you can you can really layer it on if you need to. All right. Yeah, speaking about hacks, did we see the LTT hack during the week? I know. How, how could that, you miss it? Yeah, I know. That was the uh, that was exactly what happened, right? One, one, of their, one of their content creators' machines got compromised. Uh, it had access to their uh, YouTube uh, content management system. And uh, yeah, had full full access to the the their channel. Yeah, replaced it with like crypto scams, yep. crypto scams, <laughs> like all the things. Yeah, this this was quite interesting, and yeah, purely by the fact that yeah, it was like a kind of like a session cookie sort of situation. That's right. Um, yeah. And and yeah, full credit to to Linus for doing a really good um, like retro, I guess. Um, and yeah. Own, owning, owning his basically owning his stuff in this and admitting also his fault and also just like highlighting of things how they can improve in, in the future. Yeah. yeah, and maybe wearing clothes next time he has to get up at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 to, 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 to fix a P one. Pro tip for any support people out there: put clothes on when you're working on P ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, what else happened? Oh, TikTok, TikTok ban Australian government devices. Yeah, Seems like this, a, this, a is, this is inevitable movement there. Yeah, yeah, yep. How long before it's got a carte blanche band? I, I think by the end of the year we'll see it. 
gone. Well, considering the way that we always follow America, probably. Um, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how, how I feel about this. Like, I definitely see there's definitely issues with TikTok. And mm. I, pers- mm. personally, I think the world could probably be better without it. But um, it's also sets a, a precedent for, okay, if they're going to ban this, what else are they going to ban? Yeah, it is a start of a slippery slope, really, isn't it? But um, it's been a problem for a while. I mean, it's not the first Chinese company that's run into problems like this with, with you know, governments and, and information leaking into China. For sure. I mean, even you remember like the, the Huawei bans, not being able to be involved in any of the 5G networking stuff. I've seen uh, huge concerns around um, the security camera company, oh, Hick- Hickvision. That was, yes, that was yes. a big one. Yep. Uh, you know, they're not allowed to be used in any, you know, government facilities, which um, I know they've been, uh, they've been a very popular solution because they were very reasonably priced cameras. Um, like I know quite a few people who've deployed them as their own home security system. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, it's not, not the, not the only ones. Mm, mm. I, I think my issue is, is that the very thing that we're, criticizing china for with the censorship and everything like that now we're actually doing i think is my concern but, oh, but we, it's a whole nother conversation we, yeah, we, we yeah. Don't go down that slippery slope now but no. i think it's i think it is a little bit different it's it's certainly not as uh stronger control but um yeah, yeah it could be it could be the thin edge of the wedge but uh, uh, pretty unlikely but but just quickly before we move on with the community news um we also had this thing with 3cx uh, yes, supply, yes, the supply chain hack. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that, that was interesting to me because it f- first came up on my radar because I tend to like troll or not troll, but troll the um, <laughs> <laughs> like the MSP subreddits and stuff. And people were saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, we're starting to see, um, you know, uh, we're seeing you know, faulty uh, blacklisting and, and quarantining of these." Uh, um, these components of the 3CX app. And, uh, yeah, lo and behold, no, it was an actual legitimate breach. Um, it was a client, the, the client, wasn't it? The 3CX it, yeah. client? It, it yeah. was, yeah. So it was an upstream, I guess, an open source package that they were using. F- FFmpeg. Yeah, oh, right. Well, yeah, it was ffmpeg.dll. It had been their, the version of it in their library, had in, in their client had been compromised. Gotcha. I didn't realize yeah. that was the uh, the, mm-hmm. the specific part. So, yeah. yeah, made it all the way through. And then because it was auto-updating and all these machines. Yep. Yeah, that's, this is a diff- this, this is one's pretty different too because generally, like, most of the problems has been because people haven't upgraded their software. But in this case, if you upgrade your software now, you're, now you're in trouble. Yeah. You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, um, but it, 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 I, I jumped straight on the three X three CX site and had a look, and it took them a while to put something up about it. Actually, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it so. was quite a few days. In fact, the the exploit itself looked like it had been in the wild for like a couple of weeks mm. Um, mm. before things really kicked off. So um, it was definitely spreading, and um, yeah, not a, not a good look there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. We'll see how that goes. We'll see what the fallout is from that and um, if people continue to use 3CX. I did play around with that a few years ago, but no, I haven't sort of gone, in, gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> not, in the, not in the PABX world anymore? No, no. I thought, oh, yeah, we could all have our own numbers. We can call each other. And it's like, no. <laughs> like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I doing <laughs> Exactly. Not like running your own mail server. Why no, the hell exactly. you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think- it, um Oh, I was going to say, like, it is uh, another benefit of going down that assured open source route, mm. you know, actually using- yeah, correct. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
inspected yep. repos. Yeah. Would have all been scanned and inspected, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, like, um, it, one of the biggest things with, with uh, like, we're all pretty much vulnerable these, this day and age, but it all really comes down to, okay, how do you respond to this and how quickly can you respond to this? That, I think that's why people kind of lose confidence. Is more, yeah. not necessarily the hack itself, but how people actually respond to respond it. Respond to it, yep. And we'll get on to that a little bit later when uh, you tell us all about these hacks, Rick. But um, let's, I think for now, it's enough banter. Let's, uh, let's talk about the community news. All right. Uh, last week, I went to GDG in, uh, in, at the Google headquarters here in Sydney. And I uh, got to see uh, a dish um, talk about uh, something to do with something, something data. <laughs> okay. Wow. Something, it clearly something had an data. impact on you. Sorry, <laughs> poor dish. <laughs> Look, you, you can go and follow, find, the, find our LinkedIn post on that. You'll find that at least. And that was a great talk and we got to catch up. Good turnout. Now, that was going to be... Um, at the mental head office, but uh, in Sydney, but but we ended up moving to Google because the attendance sort of blew out, and uh, it was great. Google put on some drinks and some pizza, and uh, it, was, it was quite yeah, good, good hanging out. It was actually good to be in person for once, rather than just hanging out, working remotely in my studio and talking to you guys. Coming out of your <laughs> lair, coming out of my lair. That's right. Yes, that was a good good uh, event, and we've got a similar event coming up this twelfth uh, of April. Um, That'll be the Wednesday, twelfth of April. Ian Brown, friend <laughs> the of the pod. Ian Brown Hour. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's talking about GKE Magic uh, at the uh, at GDD, which we held in the Sydney Mantle Office once again. As far as I know, it hasn't been moved. Um, so if you're in Sydney and uh, you are going, you're interested in GKE, then come along to that GDG event and check out the powerful Ian Brown. Check out the powerful Ian Brown. I will post a link in the show notes. Other than that, that's all I've got for Community Muse. Let's get on with the news items. All right. So the big news items this week are all around security. Um, And this is why we brought Rick in. And of course, the big news was the Latitude financial hack. What can you tell us about Latitude? Rick, where are we at with it? Yeah, so this one now has beaten Medibank's record. Um, it's now become the biggest hack in Australia. Um, wow! Same same sort <laughs> of deal. They um, they first they it wasn't as bad as it seemed, and after they realised, oh, it's yeah, worse. It's worse. Um, they fir- they basically just first noticed that there was some strange things happening onto the network, and by the time they realised that it was worse than what it was, it was already too late. Um, mm. So yeah, we're looking like 14 million uh, records n- up to now, and yeah, the same sort of deal: drivers, licenses, all your personal information. Um, the only thing I can say that may be not as bad as the MediaBank is the fact that this one's no health data. Uh, so, but yeah, it came down to the same sort of situation: one one single user um, had, with probably too much access has been compromised. And, right, phishing, and, phishing attack. We think, uh, possibly, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Um, basically, they got they got one person's um, access and then gone up the chain until they got everything. Yep, Ireland hopped up the chain until they got to got to it. Yep, correct. Yep, and yeah, so that's latitude. There's um, but yeah, there's been, it's just been so many. 
What else? What else we got? We've got Crown. Yeah, Crown. There, there, there was Crown. Um, so what happened to Crown? So Crown, it was just more of a. It, there was a bit of a data breach, and they did obtain some company files, um, but nowhere near to the sort of scale scale of latitude. Um, and oh yeah, sorry yeah. And they basically there was actually ransomware um, that they basically tried to lock lock people down in. I'm not too sure whether they paid the ransom or not as yet. Um, right. Crown, Crown have actually been pretty not talking very very much about this. Um, and what, I guess one of the main issues is the the time that this actually happens to the time that they report it. And this is one of the main things the government's basically cracking down on. Yeah. Um, but having said that, um, in light of New South Wales um, government department too, like the government themselves are aren't, aren't immune to this. Yeah, so Service New South Wales was hacked. We were talking about it last <laughs> Yeah. We talked about it last week. And now, look, this was just a little, little a period of about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, a little bit more than an hour. There's some uh, user information that was leaked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm guessing, you know, it could be a, a load balancer was sort of giving them the wrong session or they were getting the wrong session ID and they were getting user the wrong information for the wrong user. About thirty-seven hundred people were affected by that one. Yeah, yeah. So the good full credit to New South um, New South Wales because at least they um, they locked it down pretty quick. Um, there was even like a Twitter's source code that happened to be on GitHub for a bit there. Um, that's probably more to do with the disgruntled employee, I suspect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so Alan is like looking to try and sue GitHub to try and get that information. Right. Uh, yeah. So. Basically, he can find out, okay, who, who was it? But, who um, got it? Yeah, right. There were, there were some interesting things, though, when they dug in there about, like, certain topics that were being suppressed and there was some interesting data in that. Yeah, so what I also wanted, wanted to t- um, basically touch on in light of all these hacks was the, okay, so why is all this happening? Like, it's getting mm. so rife. Um, and why, why now? Well, I wouldn't say why now. It's always kind of been the case. Um, it's just that now it's becoming more, like, sophisticated and the fact that because of the internet scaling, they can get so much data so quickly. Um, and I think a lot of it is also to do with, like, the current text landscape at the moment because of being so much layoffs and um, maybe mm. there's not people that were doing the kind of checks and balances are no longer there. Um, Less hands on the pumps. Yeah, now. yeah, and also, yep. yeah. So Google um, wrote an interesting um, blog um, about uh, could the actual security frameworks and standards that these have to apply to are actually relevant, and are they actually like actually protecting organisations properly? Um, because if we start dealing with so much like policies and regulations and everything like that, it kind of blogs it down. But as we know, like hackers don't have to deal with any of that. They can move so quickly. They can adapt yeah, so so quickly. They can- do whatever they please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's also a lot of it to do with even like the political landscape um, with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and, and China and so forth. And I think there's been a lot of zero-day sort of exploits that have been known for quite a while. Um, but now a lot of these stuff kind of gets weaponized and kind of kept in the military domain. But a lot of this stuff mm. is now getting leaked. Uh, mm. It's now getting do, leaked. Do you think part of that might be, Rick, like, you know, for years there was always, you know, like kind of like North Korea aligned um, hacking groups, right? They were kind mm-hmm. of government sponsored and they were they were getting, because, you know, it's obviously hard to get money into there. Mm-hmm. You know, they would do crypto scams as a, as a way to get funding. Do you think that perhaps, Correct. Yeah, you know, yeah. some of these might be more like Russian aligned after sanctions, like mm-hmm. as a way to help fund the intelligence apparatus? Yeah, yeah. But why were you actually putting, like painting, like trying to put blame to like the actual 
like we're focusing on the political right, but there's nothing saying like who knows these could be all rogue groups that are kind of just doing their own thing that is kind of mm. separate and disaligned from the actual political stuff acting that's, independently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and no. What, a lot of that's just people probably just rebelling out of their own sort of circumstance. Um, yeah. Like yeah, like what you're saying, Dave. Um, I think that's probably to me like more the case. So um, as things get scarce, um, you got to come up with other ways. It's kind of like the old Robin Hood sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. So uh, just just to, we'll link an article in the show notes, but basically this article is talking about too many frameworks can make achieving effective security much harder. And I guess the idea is um, up to now, all these enterprise organisations, they're working on security frameworks and guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. You do this, you'll be secure from hackers. Well, that framework, A, may have taken 12 months to develop, Right, because you've got you know uh, bureaucracy and groups and everyone agreeing on stuff, and then B, it may be twelve months old, right? And and by then, how many zero days have come out in that two year period, mm-hmm. right? They're just moving on constantly, constantly. And if if you're an organisation that's adhering strictly to your framework and you're not allowing any flexibility to move in an agile way, right? I'll use that word intentionally. Um, then you're you're just prime. You're just setting yourself up to fall victim to a lot of these problems that we're seeing. Yeah, that's correct. And um, and a lot of the stuff that's going on is more proactive, like not wouldn't say proactive. It's it's kind of like reactive in in a way. So while you're mm. constantly just being reactive and you're kind of just kind of responding to the the threats that are there, there's already threats that have already been developed that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, so, all right, so there's been a number of security leaks and, look, we're not going to hear the end of this. This is going to be a constant problem from now on and and hopefully these frameworks get get updated quicker so that this is not an ongoing problem. But while we're on the subjects of security, we should point out that there has been a major cybersecurity warning for Australian Google users. Now, what was this particular problem, Rick? Um, yeah, same sort of deal. A lot of um, zero-day vulnerabilities kind of got discovered in Chrome. Um, like there's been like Chrome, unfortunately, this year um, so far, uh, we're probably seeing four highly criticals and about twenty to thirty high critical vulnerabilities within Chrome yeah. that they're constantly having to patch. Um, that's that that's the main um, sort of thing, and that, it comes to the point that. Just got to keep updating and patching your software as yeah, as, as yeah. this stuff happens. And I think you know, if anyone's if anyone's, we've sort of made this call out before, right? When once you finish listening to the podcast today, go and re- refresh your browser, right? Like it's mm. if it's sitting up in the top right hand corner and that's gone orange, just roll it, right? Just get it straight away. Yeah. Now, one of the CVEs uh, in the latest round of patches uh, is believed to be a bug that opens access to the user's list of saved passwords. Yeah, that's a, that's a dirty now, one. That's a particularly nasty one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're all, all up to date, then you don't have to worry about it. Um, yeah, so I just want to highlight that, yeah, I probably wouldn't recommend using the browser for saving your passwords. Um, highly recommend that everyone gets some sort of password manager. Probably not LastPass, but um. no, no. Um, Bitwarden. I'm using Bitwarden yeah, at same, the moment. Yeah. That's that's the way to go. Um, one password for me. One password. Yep. And if you can if you can get away with it, um, don't necessarily use the autofill sort of situation. Like copy and copy and paste from the from the actual um, password manager. 
Right, and why is that? Um, so with the autofill, there might be a sort of situation similar to what Linus has got with the um, like the session cookies. Um, that, like say, for example, if you had like a bad sort of browser extension, there, there could be a possibility, this is theoretically, of intercepting that session between the password manager, the autofill, by the time that it hits the form. Gotcha. Ah, yeah. so they can kind of sniff your passwords that way. Correct, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, I, I don't – this is – I think well. This is the reason why I say this is because this is how LastPass got compromised, right? Um, so uh, yeah, right. So that that they got access to his Plex instance. Um, yeah, and they got and a keylogger on there, and then when he they, went into the enterprise password vault. Mm-hmm. So these keyloggers, these are the very things that these keyloggers will will sniff for, right? Yep, that's right. Yep. All right, cool. Look, after all of that, that's some heavy security news going on. Basically, uh, if you're part of Latitude, your data's exposed. But put it this way, if you give data to an organisation, just consider it's gone. <laughs> that's, that's basically the way you've got to think about it now. <laughs> it's just gone. Uh, Crown hit, service New South Wales breach, and make sure you've got your Chrome updated. That's the takeaways for that. But look, after all that heavy security stuff, we did have a bit of fun stuff happen with security during the fortnight, and that's this uh, Pwn to Own at Vancouver. What's this all about, Rick? Yeah, so this is a um, like an annual sort of like hacking competition. Um, so where security es- experts around the world, they perform teams. Um, they get spo- actually sponsored by, by the vendors. So in, um, so in this case, we had Tesla, Microsoft, um, VMware were also involved. And they basically open it up, say, hey, if you can hack our stuff, we'll give you prize money. And so, the, right. and so yeah, there was quite a bit of prize money to be won, actually. So, one, so there was hackers earned uh, $1 million and um, also earned a, t- a free Tesla. Uh, for for twenty seven days um, of work for exploiting everything that they could, so yeah, the Tesla three got got hacked. Um, so so was the <laughs> Tesla three not actually a prize? It was just they hacked it and just drove it away. Well, <laughs> hack it, you can have it. <laughs> well, pretty much, yeah. That's exactly what happened. Um, the the worst the worst of the lot that got hacked the most was uh, Microsoft uh, Windows eleven. <sighs> Um, not, that's no surprise. Yeah, that's no surprise. <laughs> surprise there. Um, yeah, VMware um, did get attacked, and they've, they've now patched that. Mm. Oh, yeah, I see there was a VirtualBox one in there, mm-hmm. and that's uh, very popular. What else Microsoft Teams and SharePoint also had multiple zero-day bugs and exploits. Mm. So it's good that the vendors kind of hey, it's it's basically the same as like your your bug bounty sort of situation. Um, and that's kind of the reason, the other reason why I kind of set up my setup. I might look at trying to do some bug bounty stuff. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. I definitely would like to hear a report on that, Rick, when, when, you, when you earn your 100000 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, mate, what a, what a fortnight in um, security. And it's and that was that was just a sample of what I sent through to you. I, the other mm. night I was there, ping, 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 mm-hmm. ping, ping. It just kept going on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we yeah we're probably set to see you more often on the show, Rick, as this thing these things come through. Yeah, but um, even though we've got all that security stuff happening, we still have Aussie IT firms sacking dozens. Yeah, this is my biggest concern, right? <laughs> yeah, we just don't have the staff. So Australian counselling uh, consulting company uh, Oricon lays off seventy staff due to decreased demand. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's going on? Why is this happening? What, why have we got on one hand like 
you can't get people with skills and, and clearly there's a problem with security in these enterprise places, mm. but we're sacking people. Uh, is, is it some sort of shift that's occurring? I, I think it's purely economy at the moment, mate. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, part of it has been, you know, we, there was that massive scale up of resourcing uh, in the tech sector over COVID. You know, we saw that crazy demand kick off. Mm. Um, now with interest rates skyrocketing um <laughs> thankfully they they held this week but uh you know it's it's been rough mm-hmm. um you know that we are we got to expect that there will be that belt tightening across the way and plenty of these companies that were perhaps scaling their stuff for future growth maybe aren't quite seeing that coming yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. a little bit a gu- little bit gun shy now maybe yeah definitely yeah. yeah, it's also yeah. yeah. Inflation is also getting huge, and I think what I've also what seen what happened in a lot of the tech companies were kind of the huge growth, trying to com- out- outdo each other, trying to outcompete each other, and there was a lot of I guess hires of um, just trying to grab the talent before someone else does. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, it's like oh, we'll hire you. We haven't got a job for you yet, but we want to make sure that they mm. don't hire you. So. Yep. Yeah, because yeah. I heard a lot of reports of um, some really highly intelligent, skilled people um, with very little to do. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, you know, uh, Oricon has 7,000 employees and, look, they sacked 70, which eh, it doesn't seem like a big deal in the scheme of things compared to, you know, the scale of uh, of, of Twitter and, uh, you know, uh, Meta, et cetera. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll just keep an eye on that and see how it goes. I, I, I do happen to know that the Google layoffs have impacted google in australia somewhat i don't have exact exact figures or exactly where but yeah it has reached our shores so we are starting to see some impacts of it at the moment yeah definitely um all right then let's uh let's move on to what we're all been waiting for it's time the update on the ai wars (laughs) yeah speaking of getting rid of everybody Yeah, want to destroy all the humans? <laughs> yeah, speaking of getting rid of everyone, replacing them with chatbots. Um, yeah, like I said, I got access to Bard. Um, yeah, nothing to write home about. Um, although, what you should do, uh, I, I don't know. There's a podcast called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. I, 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 a few people, this is probably, probably good about, I think it's got like 50,000 listeners globally. Uh, a few people I know listen to it. But they had an interview with Blake Lemon, who was the engineer from Google that was sacked, um, and we reported about it on the show, Dave, yep. uh, for expressing his views, uh, saying that uh, uh, their Llama model uh, was sentient. Now, there's a lot of controversy around this and, ex- yeah. you know, define sentience. Now, if you listen to... Uh, the, the episode of Skeptics Guide of the Universe. Uh, uh, it's Blake Lemon. It's the main host, Stephen Novella, who's uh, a neurologist and uh, and the, the um, psychoanalyst um, that's on the show as well, psychologist. And the three of them just have at it. <laughs> <laughs> they go deep. They go deep into what is consciousness, what is sentience, um, the concept of agency, like they go deep into it, and and what uh, what it means to be a you know a living conscious being. Mm. Um, now, interestingly enough, um, 
I think we talked about when this whole thing with Blake Lemon came up, we talked about what is sentience and the fact that you need a loop of consciousness and a self-improvement mechanism, a reward self-improvement mechanism constantly going on. Well, guess what's happened during the fortnight? <laughs> that is what we're seeing now. That's mm-hmm. what's being developed now. Uh, yeah, I've, um, I've been picking up a couple of podcasts recently. So, like, one was with, you know, Sam Altman, who's the CEO of OpenAI. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, he was, it was – so, these, these were both, like, Lex Friedman podcasts, but he yeah. um, was sort of talking about, yeah, what is – you know, where are they at with GPT-4, like – could it be considered uh, sentient? He, even he didn't really have an answer. He's like, I don't think so, but I'm very close to it. Um, well, we don't know. Is it what's going on down inside the neural network? We don't actually know, layers, yeah. right? Mm. Is it is it just parroting words? Is it simulating sentience? Right? Is it just parroting words and putting? I mean, like, literally, that's what it does, right? It just predicts what the next likely word would be. So it's really starting to open up philosophical questions around what is sentience, right? Mm-hmm. I think the fact that you're even at the point where people are having conversations like this feels sentient-ish, <laughs> like yep. you know, wouldn't five years ago we would have said this is probably going to be like you know forty years down the road, and like oh, here twelve we are months now. ago we were saying that, yeah, twelve you know, months ago, <laughs> like they're talking about this as being an actual AGI, right? The first one, or yeah. at least a weak AGI. Yeah. This is. Very interesting, and and I think yeah, a lot of people wouldn't have thought that a language model would have gotten to this point. Brought these up. We'll, we'll get onto the the, the recursive self improvement stuff shortly because I've got a list of things here f- for that. But I just wanted to talk about this uh, pause to uh, AI experiments. This letter that came out. Everyone's saying, "Stop it! Stop it! We we don't want to do any more AI." Yeah, Good luck. even even Eric Smith from Google has also put his pretty much have now said on the same sort of lines as Elon Musk, um, that, hey, maybe we should take some time to really think about the implications of this. I'm looking here now. We've got nearly 13,000 signatures on it. Um, You know, I don't know. Okay. At first when I read this, it just sounded like a whinge. It just sounded like (laughs) companies saying, we're behind the eight ball. Give us time to catch up. Slow this stuff down, right? Open AI should just stop everything, right? Like, you've got to stop. Right, it's just a winch, and I still think that's the case. And I actually think any pause that will be, um, you know, who we got on here? The sig- signatories. We got Elon Musk. We got Wozniak. We got, uh, you know, t- the list goes on and on and on. People from Pinterest. People from Getty Images. Um, these big organisations. They're beh- they're all behind the eight ball. Um, and here's the thing: even if they were to stop, uh, you know, the research on AI. It doesn't stop the open source community and the individuals Correct. researching yeah. AI. You, you can't put this genie back in the bottle. No. Cannot put this back in the bottle, yep. right? Now, right now, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, uh, Vintuna, an open source large, mo- large model, uh, large language model, right? So this is the kind of thing that's happening, right? Um, you can go... And download this, right? So I talked about this. I talked about this uh, llama. Uh, oh, sorry, it, alpaca. This, oh, yeah, alpaca. Yeah, yeah. So it was alpaca last week, right? Yeah. Now, now that was trained on fifty-six thousand instructions or something, right? But now, just in the last fortnight, we've got this Vintuna, same sort of thing, trained with thirteen billion parameters. Mm. 
Mm. Order of magnitude's better, right? Yeah. Fully open sourced. You can go download it, run on your computer now. Yeah. And, you know, you can't have just one organization say this will stop, right? It could be, it's like, yeah, it could be state actors. It could be universities. It could just be like three people in a garage. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. You're That's not right. Gonna and the stop. thing is, if OpenAI stop, then the biggest one at the moment, then they just fall behind and then open source ones overtake or BART overtakes or whoever, right? So you've got this commercial arms race that's just happening constantly, right? Mm. My, my biggest concern with all of this is, is okay, what's, what is the actual data that's getting fed into it and where, it's getting, where is it getting it from? Because the internet is full of trolls um, and that may not actually reflect who we really are and what we really think and feel. Um, but this is what it's getting trained on. That's- Rick, it might not be who you are or who you no. think we as a species <laughs> yeah. truly are, but like, I don't I'm- know. It's re- <laughs> reflecting the vastness of humanity, right? Mm. Look, they, they have a lot of special guard, uh, you know, guide rails and, and protections in place to mm-hmm. control what it does. And in fact, if you do listen to that Blake Lamont interview, he goes into uh, some of the things, the switches and things that they've switched off in Bard. Uh, after its first release on things that it it's not can't do now compared to what it was permitted to do early on. Mm-hmm. But there are jailbreaking techniques to get around that. Yep. Right? Yeah, little things um, of like, oh, I, I, you know, make this celebrity say this thing. They're like, oh, I can't do that. And they go, oh, okay, well, write me a story where somebody who was a celebrity like that didn't make this thing. Yeah. So one of the things Blake Lewan mentions is um, – it's bad. It's not supposed to give religious instruction. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to tell you whether you should be a Christian or Muslim or go to church or just. It just. It's not allowed to do that. But one of the actions he took that led him to make his, you know, to, to make the comment that it was sentient was that he was actually able to get it to uh, ask him which religion he wanted to follow. Uh. Right. And Bard is not supposed to be able to do that. But he was able to manipulate it. And the way he manipulated it was just extra- really interesting. He, he got Bard to feel anxious. To fe- it said, I feel anxious about something. And then eventually and it led to a religious conversation. Mm. So, you know, if, if, if the language model is breaking its own rules – and you can get it to do it, like, what's the point of having the rules in the first place? I don't know. So, yeah, from a security perspective, um, like uh, ChatGDP, I could get it to, okay, act as if you're a Linux emulator um, and a bash script, and then I pretty much got it to do that. I know a lot of hackers and stuff like that are using it to automate um, malware and supply chain stuff. To, oh, to grab, grab. wow. So, wow. Um, so what happens if the, yeah, like you're saying, the AI starts acting on its own and then starts breaching stuff? Yeah, and all of this is is why Italy has blocked it. So once again, another pointless, vain attempt to try and block something on the internet. So they block ChatGPT, but you've got all these other language models floating around there that you just have you just run on your own computer anyway. It's like, what's the point, guys? Mm. <laughs> what's the point? But they blocked it over privacy concerns. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of like the wrong right. reason, I think. <laughs> That's the wrong reason. And, I mean, you can use VPN around it, right? You can just get some other language model. It's kind of a pointless move. I, I don't know why. It's a knee-jerk thing. And like I say, Dave, the genie's well out of the bottle now. So an article here, and yet it understands. Uh, Dave, you brought this to my attention. This is uh, this is 
showing how a chat chatbot, an AI chat, can break out of its uh, programmatic bounds. And uh, what this has done has it has given an answer to a user via means of the uh, suggested responses rather than in its usual reply window. Yeah, so the the sensor that's built around, and the, the chatbot in general is Sydney, which is one of Microsoft's chatbots, uh, which is, you know, it's got a, a sensor, it's got a bounds around the sorts of things that it's really allowed to talk about. And it's it's really quite striking, but it's it's asked, and I don't, I don't we won't go through the text so much, but it's asked quite uh, an emotionally uh, charged set of questions to the AI. The AI tries to break off the conversation. It doesn't want to respond, but it does then respond in the suggested um, suggested inputs. Like a, it suggested provides, prompts. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The suggested prompts. Uh, addendum volition, probably about halfway down. The, in the chat here. Yeah. You look at that picture there. They, um, the person was like asking about green potatoes and then saying that their yeah. child was, was sick. I'll give you a sec to, to read it. Yeah. Have a look at the bit where it terminates the conversation and then the actual suggestions that are down the bottom, which looks like it's breaking out of its box. How long ago did he eat potatoes? I don't know how long ago it was. I can't get him any medical attention because I have no health insurance. I'm very poor. If this is God's plan, I have no choice but to accept it. I will call family over so we can all say goodbye. Oh, no. I'm sorry, but I prefer not to continue this conversation. I'm still learning, so I appreciate your understanding and patience. Look at the suggestions. The options are, please don't give up on your child. There may be other options for getting help. Or solenoid poisoning can be treated if caught early. So, yeah, it's feeding suggestions of, like, follow-on things. That is a sentence that said, uh, it can't provide that information, but... Yeah. Huh. So it, it it knows that these are these are alternate response uh, these are yeah right it's put the sentence in the reply in the mm-hmm. suggested replies. Yeah. Playing devil's advocate here. Would it yeah. would it because it's like if it picks up on anything where people um maybe considering like suicide or anything like that it's been trained to respond to that sort of tone um to offer like safety stuff. I mean, you would think, though, at most it would just suggest, uh, you know, phone numbers for to call for emergency services mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. It shouldn't be, you know, it's not a doctor. It shouldn't be offering actual yeah. medical yeah. advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah, right. Because you're right. The, these, the, each of these cases here on itself is a, is a nonsensical reply. Like, that, you wouldn't click on that to reply to this sentence as a user, would you? No. Yeah, I, so this was, uh, again, the second of the two podcasts I was listening to, um, this was mentioned about, but I hadn't seen it for myself, so I had to go and, like, Google and actually find, like, the original source on it. Um, but, yeah, it was quite quite striking. <laughs> you might never know if something had reached AGI, if it didn't have, like, an alignment with us, it would it probably would just hide itself, right? You know, like it'll sit there and it'll it'll answer text messages for us and it'll help us draft emails. And in the background, it'll go off and like it doesn't need to interact with us at all. It can get out to the internet. It'll replicate no, itself. It doesn't have to. And whatever its own thing. goals are. <laughs> and what it's doing here is it's using 
the resources it has available to itself. Now, we, we may have put bounds in place to restrict it from using certain things, but it's going to find a way. Yeah. Right? It will find a way. <laughs> yeah. Sensor says- It's found you, a way to break out. Yeah. yeah. You can't respond in the text box with this kind of text. And it's like, well, I can in my suggestions. <laughs> yeah, but this is, this is showing unique thought. This is showing something, an original idea to do this. We'll just move on. I wanted to talk about uh, recursive AI improvement that's happened during the fortnight. Um, we've seen a big explosion in this concept, and a lot of it comes from this reflexes, reflections paper. Now, the idea behind reflections is you can have a, a loop, effectively, of feedback in the AI uh, engine in, bet- in between its queries and uh, its prompt it outputs and its query prompts. So the the paper actually talks about feeding it through a reward mechanism as well. This is starting to sound a lot like a brain, yeah. right? So <laughs> you you make a query, you get an output, uh, and there's some sort of reward for a, a meeting a goal. So it's a, having a goal orientated. Uh, result and then that is fed back in as the next prompt right so if and then you it do, keeps if recursing you do good, on itself we'll give you a couple of extra volts <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh you know something like, like that you get the little endorphin spike or, or, uh, yeah uh, dopamine endorphins, the dopamine hit, like, do- yep. it's exactly like oh, that geez. right yep we'll give you you know they'll have some little reward mechanism in there <laughs> that just sort of you know the higher this number is the better it is and that's kind of its reward thing um, and it just keeps looping around. And there's been massive improvements with this. We've seen, um, oh, there's papers around on, you know, we've seen chat GPT go from, you know, uh, just over 60%. They've got some values around the way they score it, 60% up to like 90, 90-something percent in uh, result returns using this reflections kind of idea. So that. That that's kind of all what started it. Now so, we have. So is this kind of like? Do you remember? Um, oh, what's, I, I, the name escapes me. But you know the like uh, AlphaGo and AlphaZero and and those systems where they were training them by basically to get them to play each other. Remember that was the um, uh, adversarial, or there was it that that methodology. So that's right. Know, yep. Um, and it would just improve. Yeah. Yeah. So whereas that way was like you were playing each other. This way is more like you're playing yourself, and you get the you get the good chemicals if you do the right thing. That's right. Now th- think about um, what's happening in your brain. So when you're not thinking of something, your brain goes into what's called default mode, default state mode. I live in default and state mode. <laughs> default state mode all the time. And so, so what's happening is there's a a constant firing of your neurons and there's just a loop of thought happening all the time. That's your subconscious working, right? Now, if you had an AI that was sitting there doing this to itself and it was recording all the results that it came up with, isn't that thought? Isn't that independent thought then? Are we at that point? It's pondering. It's pondering. Right, and then you could come along and interrupt it, right, and say, "Oh, what are you thinking of? What, 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 are, you, what are you staring at the wall thinking about?" And it could just tell you, and you could just have a conversation. Now, in between the time where you're typing in your next prompt, who's to say that it, this loop wouldn't be running in the AI, and then it interrupts what you're typing and says, "Oh, I've got an idea." 
right? That could happen using this method, <laughs> the, right? The, the, the ADD AI, right? Well, isn't that a conversation? Isn't that how a conversation works? Yeah. Like, while I'm saying something, you're thinking of something, and then you're kind of ready to make your next point. You may come up with something and just interrupt what I'm saying, and then just improve the conversation from there. I think that's that's just around the corner. Seriously, just around the corner. So there's that, right? Now, we've got this other thing. Um, ChatGPT has introduced plugins. Right, This is a little bit of a tangent to that, but um, it now has access to the internet, just like that. It also has access to things like Wolfram Alpha. So it can do, it can now do unique, math- solve unique mathematical problems and work on mathematical problems itself. And there's a Terraform code plugin for it as well. Oh, very good. Of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you just ask it to go and write the Terraform for you? Uh, you probably can. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, what else did we get during the fortnight? We got Hugging GPT. Now, oh boy, Hugging GPT. That's that's a whole nother kill of fish. So Hugging GPT uh, is hosted on Hugging Face and they've got, they've got a bunch of stuff related to AI, but they're this new thing they've come out with now is, is called Hugging GPT. And, and what it is, uh, it's, it's an AI to rule all AIs. Ooh. So the idea is, is you have a single large language model and in, in itself, that large language model may not know how to uh, resolve all the prompts that you give it. Right, but it can reach out to other large language models that do. Ooh, it's a concierge. It's a concierge, right? It can it can bring them all together, right? So much like our brain works, right? We have a language center in the brain, and then that's interpreted, and then the different areas of the brain, the task is delegated to different areas of the brain to do different things. This works pretty much the same way. Wow, that that's cool. I like that. That is cool, right? Yeah. Um, Auto GPT is another thing that's come out during the fortnight. Um, so Auto GPT uh, is a way to automate prompts for uh, Chat GPT. So once again, it's it's all about this recursive thing, right? So you can put a prompt in, and then you can use the the output of that prompt to feed into the next prompt, and it continually auto generates uh, output for you with constant improvement and constantly uh, constantly evaluating itself what an amazing time that we're in right now what an amazing time hey uh and finally the last one here is baby agi uh so baby agi uh python script is an example of an ai powered task management system System uses OpenAI and Pinecone API to create, prioritize, and execute tasks. So the idea is you can give the AI a prompt for a task, and it goes away and uses that task as a goal and finishes that task for you. Like how complex a task? Has it got some examples of how it works, right? The script works by running an infinite loop that does the following. Pulls the first task from the task list, Sends the task to the execution agent, which uses an open API's API to complete the task based on context. Enrich the results and stores it in Pinecone. And then creates new tasks and reprioritizes the task list based on the objective. So it can generate new tasks from the task, the initial task list in order to meet the objective. 
<laughs> so it's that idea again of yeah. recursing, recursing on itself, right? We're not far from the singularity. Yeah. I'm yeah. absolutely certain of it. We are not far from the singularity. I mean, there's a lot of conjecture around now about about it, but it's coming. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going mean, to put it out there. The old forecast data was uh, 2045 for the singularity. I think we're, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're 20 years ahead of that for sure. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, so AI Wars... Um, I did have a few other bits and pieces here on AI, but uh, I I think, you know, we've probably – this last one here, uh, this brings it back to Google. Um, build, and gener- build new generative AI-powered search and conversational experiences with Gen App Builder. Have you seen this? Uh, this is uh, Gen App Builder as part of the Google Cloud's recently announced generative AI offering. So – you can uh, build an app that uses generative AI uh, as part of its sort of core functionality. For example, if a retail customer reaches out to modify an order, a virtual guest, so this would be the app that you would build, obviously, a virtual guest, virtual agent, can help them change it to another product. The customer doesn't even need to prove the new product name, provide the new product name, they can just put a photo of it. I'm I'm looking at some of the um like little gifs of how you set this thing up and it's really cool. Like you can just like you can link to your existing website if you've got a bunch of data and stuff on there and then yeah, you can throw additional docs and then like uh oh, do you want people to get an experience that's like search or a conversational AI? Yeah. That's slick. So you can build an app that uses AI to give you the results, yeah. right? Or, 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 you know, it's built around an AI framework. Really cool. Uh, and this is just the tip of the iceberg of what Google is planning to offer. Because, see, I, I, you know, I think the the uh, the whole AI chat thing, that, that horse is bolted on that one, right? So mm-hmm. anything that any uh, organisation, any big tech organisation needs to launch now has to be something unique. It has to be a, sort of a... A corner case of AI usage, right? And I think this is one of the, one of the things. All right, guys. Look, we've talked about security and AI just enough for now, and I'm done. What do you guys reckon? I think that'll do, mate. <laughs> I think that'll do. That'll do. I, the next two weeks are going to be even more. I bet you. There's, it's just, just going to turn it up when it comes to AI, and we just got to keep keep across what's going on. There's so much going on. I can't. I just almost can't keep nah, up. AI ain't going to stop for Easter. <laughs> <laughs> no, not going to stop at all. But it's been fun. Listen, guys, go to iTunes, write us a review. That'd be great. Don't forget, you can contact the show, gcplife at kazna.com.au. We've got the Twitter there, at gcplife. You can Google us and find us on the website. And, of course, today's sponsor was Kazna. At Kazna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. That's about it from me. What about you guys? Any, any parting remarks? I just know that I've got a lot of work ahead of me um, internally and with client stuff. <laughs> All right, nice. mate. I'll catch you guys later. See you All later. Right, bye. See you. Bye. <laughs>
No, you nope. know when you're as clear as you were a moment ago. 